and trains, and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say, you got to walk home, walk home, walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 40 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Flying solo for episode 40, but nonetheless, we have an action-packed show for you. And I'm going to preview that in just a second. But first and foremost, want to thank you guys for tuning in from coast to coast, literally, and some folks abroad. Uh, have checked out the podcast. We certainly appreciate it. And I don't know how you found us, but want to remind you guys, iTunes, TuneIn, or SoundCloud are ways to find us. Just Google us, and you should be able to find it in one form or another. Well, coming up this episode, we're going to touch on some of the headlines. In addition to that, even though it's just me solo, going solo, we're going to do a balling or falling, and we're going to do wifey side piece or crazy ex. And I want to get your response to my choices since I don't have a counterpart in studio with me for this episode. We will do the we, the people, and before I let go. So all of those things coming up. And uh, without further ado, let's get into headlines. Well, I'm not going to read the stories to you, but I'll talk about a couple of things that are making noise in the sports world these days. The Boston Celtics have won 13 straight, and it looks like the Cleveland Cavaliers are sort of, or at least some people in the organization, reportedly, allegedly, are panicking a little bit about the struggles of the 7-7 Cleveland Cavaliers. I still think it's much ado about nothing, but you have to start to ask the question that if the Cleveland Cavaliers aren't able to kick it into another gear, do you start to pull the trigger on maybe a LeBron trade? Should you blow that thing up? I mean, he's going to leave anyway. He hadn't said anything to the contrary. And we've said this all along, even before Kyrie was traded. I personally would have gotten rid of LeBron, kept Kyrie, and started building for the future because it just seemed like a certainty that LeBron is going to leave after this season. Now, a couple of things that are sort of maybe foreshadowing. Now, the Knicks uh, hosted the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron the other night, and LeBron led a – well, that team was led to a furious comeback. Him down the stretch, really. And it prompted him to text on – or actually to post on Instagram that he was the king of New York. Now, on the surface, that's very offensive to New Yorkers, I would imagine. I would imagine that in your city, especially a city like New York, you take that kind of talk seriously. You might want to slow down, New York, because it might be a little bit of foreshadowing. Maybe, just maybe, with Phil Jackson gone and the Knicks having a little bit of talent with the Unicorn and a couple other folks on that team, maybe, just maybe, he'll take his talent to Broadway. Or to Madison Square Garden. I don't know. So you better not jump on it too hard. And you better let him ride Subway as far as he wants to go. I keep saying, and I think Kevin Allen has said the same thing, LeBron wants no part of the Western Conference. I don't think he uh, wants to bite that dog every night and deal with all of the teams in the Western Conference that are so, so good. However, things in the East are looking better. Of course, you talk about Boston's 13-game win streak. Even without Kyrie in one of those games, well, virtually without him, he got knocked out after a couple minutes. But he's back with a 
break in his face. He got caught an elbow from a teammate. So he's wearing the mask that we all are familiar with, the clear mask. So that, that provides protection for him. But nonetheless, they keep rolling. And even without Gordon Haywood, you thought, okay, I thought it was over for them. And it probably ultimately is. But let's see. This thing is playing out a little bit different than I thought. After dropping the first couple of games, it's been all balling for the Boston Celtics. And, again, they're doing great work. Does that mean anything? You have a team in Toronto, big win on the road at Houston last night. In addition to that, Washington is a team you can like from night, night in and night out. And then you have the Greek Freak. So, I, you know, there are a lot of – talented teams. I don't know if anybody is ready to supplant the Cleveland Cavaliers. We have a lot of time to find that out. And again, it's just a few games in. So let's see where we are after that. In addition to that, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Well, I have, you know, I'm, I've never been a Dallas Cowboy fan, never been a Jerry Jones fan. Although I recognize what he's done for the NFL. I'm not a fan of Jerry Jones, but here's the deal. Uh, he has done a lot for the league, and now he's battling the league over another one of my enemies, a guy who I, I've railed against uh, quite a bit when you talk about uh, Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell is up for an extension, and actually they're trying to rush this uh, extension through a lot earlier than they have to, and it's been leaked that Goodell wants $50 million a year and lifetime usage of a private plane and lifetime health care for his family. Now, he already makes a, a reported $40 million a year. What's an additional $10 million? Except that the league is really not doing well. And I think a lot of it has to do with Roger Goodell's hand, heavy-handed tactics. And I, now he's such a, a really a demonized figure, and, and rightfully so. And so you have to understand this. He works. He's an agent for the owners. So he gets to be the whipping boy for the general public, and it deflects a lot of heat off the NFL owners. They don't have to hear a lot of noise from the fans of the league because Goodell is there to be the one who takes all of the shots. For $40 million a year, I guess that's, it's worth it to take those shots. However, look at what's going on with the league. You have issues with CTE. You have the protests that are not being dealt with properly. Or maybe a different commissioner. And I, I really believe like a Paul Tagliabue from the past or Pete Rosell would have handled these things in a much, much different way. Uh, but I think Roger Goodell and the NFL are trying to be all things to all people. In addition to that, the, there's no trust. The relationship between the players union and the owners is at an all time low. That almost goes without saying, but there have been times of labor peace in the NFL, or at least more respect for each side. And Roger Goodell has been at the epicenter of that entire situation. And then on top of that, you look at it, I think ratings are down for various reasons, not the least of which is technology. But one of my pet peeves is I'm tired of seeing all of the games played overseas uh, by the NFL. I think that they've tried to tap into the an English market, and I think that they've tried to get into Europe. It does not do very much for your fan, your loyal fan base here in the uh, in the states. And in addition to that, the, it's oversaturation of the product right now with the Thursday night games, which are usually bad games. And you see guys getting hurt. You see guys not playing at their best. It's just bad, bad football. And all of these things are going to have to be dealt with, or resolved, or improved upon in the near future if the league is to continue to sustain itself. I mean, it's tough to enjoy the kind of success that the league has had 
for this long, but it's expected that there will be some drop off. I just think that he's not navigating that very well. And now is that worth a a $10 million a year raise? Well, uh, Jerry Jones seems to disagree and we'll see how that plays out. But now you have rich owner against rich owner. So instead of millionaires versus billionaires, now you have billionaires versus billionaires and it could get ugly. And it certainly will make for entertaining radio and sports talk. So we look forward to that. Aaron judge wins the AL rookie of the year. Let's see what happens with the MVP race. That should be coming down any day now. I anticipate Jose Altuve winning that award, but we'll see what the baseball writers uh, decide to do with that situation. And finally in the uh, headlines, although there's several more, I can go into to a lot of that. But uh, Colin Kaepernick is GQ's citizen of the year. Now, again, I don't know if, if that's a thing. I, I'd never heard of it beforehand. And, and while I appreciate him getting recognized by mainstream uh, sort of uh, media and, and outlets outside of football, and I think it's good for his message and good for his brand, I'm not to the point where I want to argue or debate about, oh, who's the citizen of the year? Uh, here in Houston, we had had a local guy say, oh, well, you should have gave it to J.J. Watt. He only raised $37 million. And, of course, that prompted caused racism and going back and forth and really a, a sort of a tone deafness, not understanding the true impact, the lasting impact of what Colin Kaepernick has done. So, I, while, I mean, that's good that GQ is selling magazines and Kaepernick is getting exposure, certainly not like the Nobel Prize. There's nothing I'm going to argue over. It's like the, the sexiest man alive. I mean, not that I would argue over that anyway, but, I, I mean, I see all these people going back and forth fussing about some arbitrary uh, title given by some magazine. It, it's crazy. And, you know, I think, again, it's cool for him, but let's see what happens about him getting into the league and really with all of that uh, and i'll bring up uh, a post some poll questions i brought up in the we the people segment of the podcast where i asked some questions about the texans specifically in colin kaepernick with all of their quarterback woes and sort of all the things that have been going on here and we've been uh, uh, listening to on the local show and i've been hearing from you guys so we'll get into that a little bit later on but we'll it looks like we won't see him in the league he says that it if he is uh, picked up by a team, he will drop the lawsuit, but it doesn't look like that is going to happen. So we'll have to see how that really sort of plays out, but we'll talk about that certainly. Next up is a segment we call Ballin' or Fallin'. This is where I give you three sports entities, teams, players, coaches, whatever, and it's usually up for debate, but we'll tell you, or I'll tell you this time, if they are balling or if they are falling. If you disagree with me, please hit me up on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page or group, either or. But the group is where you can respond the best. Or you can tweet me at Wade's Word whenever you are able to hear uh, episode 40 of the podcast. But first up, the Ball family. Uh, are the uh, ball fa- Is the Ball family balling or falling? When you look at LeVar, Lonzo, Leangelo, uh, the rest of the Lees and or the Loves, uh, are they balling or falling? And obviously, we talk. Leangelo goes abroad and gets in trouble as he as UCLA has a game in China, and of course, they're guests of the Chinese government, and they're there to put on this huge basketball game. And lo and behold, he and two of his other teammates 
were caught shoplifting at three stores near their hotel. It subsequently became an international event, a thing. And even Donald Trump had to speak up on their behalf to get them back to the United States without arrest, without further punishment. They were on house arrest in the hotels. The, the team came back without them, but they're back in the States now. And, of course, Donald Trump is taking the credit for it. And, and I want to add, there's a question a little bit later on in the We the People segment where I, uh, I ask about uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Trump's involvement with this particular issue. But overall, is the ball family, are they, are they still balling? Because at one time, I mean, they're the, they're the hottest name out there. You had Lonzo about to start his NBA career. You had the shoe deal, the reality show. You got two more kids coming down the pipeline. Are they balling or falling? I'm going to say they are falling. I now we see that Lonzo can't meet these astronomical expectations put forth by his father and all of the hype that came with him playing in L.A. So he's now really working himself into the NBA like most NBA rookies. So he's he's doing what NBA rookies do. He's not he's had his struggles, but he's also had some highlights. But he's certainly not the second coming of Magic Johnson, I, although it's early to tell and I won't won't judge him too harshly. I think he's uh, going along the same lines as most of other rookies in the NBA. Where he's not super exceptional, you see spots where he's really good and you see big-time deficiencies in his game. And, and we'll have to see how he develops. The tail of the tail uh, will uh, play out when he develops a jump or how he evolves as teams understand how to deal with him even further. And let's see what happens. He's still very, very young. We'll have to see how that plays out. But I definitely think that the ball family has fallen. Number two, Jameis Winston. Now, this is a guy which uh, he played for the he plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you think, okay, this, this is the year. This, this is the year that they knock on the door and really shake things up in the NFC South. I really – I was high on Tampa Bay coming into the season. They did the hard knocks, so they got a lot of national attention. But Winston has gone backwards. He has some injuries. And not only that, his maturity level is, is sort of uh, stagnated, if you will, with him getting involved in a little altercation that really subsequently turned into Mike Evans retaliating on his behalf and getting a one-game suspension. He's out for at least maybe one or two more games with the injury. And it's just it's sort of falling apart in this belief that you had that this team would, would make it through. They certainly have all of the weapons with a Mike Evans. When you add Deshaun Jackson, when you look at uh, Doug Martin in the backfield, you have pieces there, and they just have not been able to get it done, and they've gone backwards. And I, you can probably look for a coaching change in Tampa Bay after the season. And now we're back to square one. And it's such a frustrating thing when you see these guys with all of this talent it just systematically take steps backwards from RG3 to, to Johnny Football to Andrew Luck now with his injury situation. I mean, it, these guys, they, they come in and they, you know, they have all this hype and excitement around them, and then they start to tail off. I hope that's not the case with Jameis Winston, but maybe this is a very big learning opportunity. Let's hope that he can rebound from that. But he he's not breeding a lot of confidence, and he's not gaining a lot of new fans with some of his behavior on 
uh, on the field. I don't think off the field. I think he's been fine off the field. But I don't think that he's his play and his production has have matched up. So I'm going to say Jameis Winston is falling. And finally, in balling or falling, Case Keenum. Case Keenum, you know, hey, he's an H-Town guy, went to the University of Houston. You root for him. He's a scrappy kind of guy. He's a no-quit kind of guy. He's bounced around the league with the Texans and the Rams and finally a a home in Minnesota where he was snug, secure and snug on the depth chart at, at, at three, on the depth chart. Not Bridgewater. I mean, obviously Bridgewater goes out. Bradford goes out. He's the guy now, and he's blossoming. He's putting up big numbers. Uh, the The Vikings are on a win streak, and yet you're hearing this week Teddy Bridgewater. He, although he won't start, there was a lot of discussion about starting Teddy Bridgewater coming back from that horrific leg injury. I think, unfortunately for my guy Case Keenum, I think that he has fallen because they really want to give Teddy Bridgewater the job, and I think they'll do just that. As soon, as soon as he's healthy enough to do so. So uh, with that, I want to change gears and I want to go to a segment that we call. Well, initially we call this start, bench or cut, but we call it wifey side piece or crazy ex. Now, these this is where we give you three, again, sports teams, players, entities and ask you which one would you wife up? Who's, who's the one that you you would make that lifetime commitment to? Who's your side piece? And who is the crazy ex that you want to avoid at all costs? Well, for uh, the, the first group in this uh, on, on this feature, the New Orleans Saints, Minnesota Vikings, or Los Angeles Rams, who is going to be wifey, who's going to be side piece, or, and who's the crazy ex? I'll give you guys a, a chance to think about it. But for me... I will go, I will wife up the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints have a, a, a tandem of running backs that are getting the job done. They just demolished, demolished the Saints on the ground. I think at one point they had 21 straight carries. And, they, they, I mean, Sean Payton has been there before. They The team has playoff experience. You have a veteran in Drew Brees that you can believe in. And they may be able to get home field advantage throughout. Now, there's a lot of football left to be played. But by all indications, this team is sort of transforming itself from a pass-happy team to a team that has more balance and really was a ground-and-pound team Sunday versus the Bills. So I think I am going to wife the uh, New Orleans Saints. My side piece will be the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are coming out of nowhere, but Jerry Goff is doing work, Todd Gurley's doing work, and that defense uh, with Aaron Donald – Maybe the best defensive player in the league. He's totally unstoppable when he wants to be in that defensive interior line. And I think that, hey, defense can travel, and they don't know what they don't know because they're so inexperienced, even on the coaching at the coaching level. And it's an exciting time for Los Angeles, although I wish the team, well, we can debate about where they belong. St. Louis should never should have left L.A. or back in L.A., whatever the situation is. I think it's an exciting time for the people of Los Angeles. When you think about, man, they just had a team go to the World Series. You have the Lakers sort of rebounding, and and you see light at the end of that tunnel. And now the Rams come out of nowhere with this sort of success. And you, but you are stuck with the Chargers. So I don't know how that goes. Maybe they'll go back to San Diego. Let's hope so. Let's hope the Chargers go back to San Diego. LA doesn't seem to want them anyway. 
But my side piece in that situation is definitely the, the Los Angeles Rams, and that would make my crazy ex the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, so the Minnesota Vikings are on a win streak. They have talented wide receiver position. They have a nice running backs. Uh, but, again, they don't seem to know what they want to do with quarterback. Do you go with Bridgewater even though Keenum is doing a, a, a really a commendable job holding it down? Bradford clearly is, with that knee injury is probably done for the year or he's not he's not in the picture at all at this point. And then, again, what do you do with Bridgewater who hadn't played in a couple years in the better part of the two years? So I think if they can't figure that out, Although that division is, is really wide open for them with and Rodgers being out. Uh, Detroit is right there, and if Detroit can get that thing together, they'll make a push as well. But definitely it looks like the Minnesota Vikings will be a playoff team, but they're certainly the crazy X among this trio. Let's go with the second group, the New England Patriots, the Philadelphia Eagles, or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, you, you know, as much as I hate New England, I, I just <laughs> – my Super Bowl pick, let me preface all of this, and, and I'm having a difficult time. I have to work through this because I definitely have an anti-New England bias. So I'm not a, a New England guy, and although I recognize the greatness and how this these are legendary figures we're talking about that will be talking talked about for the next 50 years in the sport of football, if there is football in 50 years. When you, you talk about Belichick and, and, of course, Tom Brady, that duo – is just remarkable. But I'll tell you what, would I wife them? I will not wife them. I'm wifing the Pittsburgh Steelers because the, the Steelers have been through all kinds of chaos and they're still right there. Now, ultimately in the AFC, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Now, I said it and I'm sticking with it. They they are on a little bit of a losing streak. One of those games they did lose was to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Chiefs will rebound. But among this three, I'll wife Pittsburgh because I think New England's defense is porous and not very good, although they're getting better. And, of course, they won't be very tested very much in that division. And I think every time I weather the teams are good or bad, and that AFC North, it, it can be a little bit brutal Sunday in and Sunday out. But I think they clearly have the most talent of, of any team, really, offensively. When you talk about Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, you have Martavius Bryant, you have Connor coming off the bench, you have Big Ben. If you want to talk about Big Ben who can get himself together after looking like he really didn't want to play over the first few weeks of the season. He looked really, really bad. But I think I can roll with them. Even though the defense is not what it was, they can they can hit you in the mouth and I know Tomlin will probably get out coached by Belichick, but who who doesn't? But I'm still, because of my anti-New England bias, I'll still wife up the Pittsburgh Steelers. My side piece will be the New England Patriots, but everybody's darling, everybody's hot young thing are the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm just not I'm not buying it. I'm not I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. And Carson Wentz is you know, he's the next coming of Tom Brady, but not yet, and then they have some some division games coming up, including a couple against Dallas, without Ezekiel Elliott, by the way. So that makes a huge difference. They're not looking very good these days. But that division, they beat up on each other, and so we'll see how that plays out. But they're definitely my crazy ex in this situation. And finally, in wifey side piece of crazy ex, the Rockets, Golden State Warriors, or the Celtics. Now, the Rockets were among the best teams 
in the NBA record-wise through the first, whatever, 15, 14, 15 games. They lose last night to Toronto at home, and they still haven't played with Chris Paul and James Harden. So a lot of people are saying, wow, if they're doing this now, wait till Chris Paul comes. Now the Golden State Warriors sort of got off to a slow start, but they're rounding in the shape. And, of course, we talked about the Boston Celtics and their 13-game win streak. Uh, even without Gordon Haywood and for one game without Kyrie Irving, who do you wife in this situation? And I think you have to stay with old reliable, and that's Golden State. I think you have to really uh, know that the cream will rise to the top, and I think the Golden State Warriors would, will do um, will do just that. Now, who would my side piece be? I would have to go with the Celtics. And because I think the Celtics, being in the Eastern Conference, you have really some formidable opponents, but you have one Goliath that you have to bring down. And, of course, that would be uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. But look at how they're stumbling. Really, I mean, although you know, the season has to play out and they have to stay healthy and can't sustain any more injuries like Gordon Haywood, they have with Tatum and, and, and Brown and those guys and Horford and Irving. You know, th- this team is a, a really good team. So I will side piece the Celtics, and my crazy ex will be the Rockets. Because, again, this is the same team from last season. I don't think the Chris Paul experiment will work very well for them night in and night out. We'll have to see, especially when the playoffs come, they have to find their identity. It's a lot of time to find that out. But right now the Rockets, they're doing well, but I don't think it can be sustainable but we'll have to see. With that, we will wrap up part one of episode 40 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I want to remind you again, iTunes, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. spins around you recognize this sound well it's the underground you know that we're down with what you like with what you like and though we're usually on a serious tip check it out tonight we're gonna flip and trip and let it all hang out tonight we're gonna say what we like because yo yo we want to know how many people in the flow will like to just let yourselves go and do what you like what's the night tonight just eat food try not to be Kill the attitude, chill the serious mood, and do what you like. Yeah. And do, do what, what you, you like. Yeah. Everybody do what you like. Yeah, do what you like. Just do what you like. Yo, go where you like. Welcome back to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And in the second half of the show, we're going to do a segment we call We the People. In the We the People segment, I refer back to the feedback and poll questions I posted on Facebook and sort of review what some of you guys have, have had to say. want to remind you the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook if you want to get involved with that. I asked a couple questions. Of course, I'm here in Houston, so I'm in the heart of a lot of controversy from the comments made by owner Bob McNair to the injury to Deshaun Watson to trading Dwayne Brown and all that goes that goes with not signing Colin Kaepernick is falling into the laps of the Houston Texans and their fans or lack thereof. So although this thing continues to play out and it's teased in headlines and and topics of conversation on sports talk. 
Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we have to still talk about this, and it's going to be news until Colin Kaepernick is signed by another NFL team. So I pose a question. After Deshaun Watson has gone down, and, of course, they, they talked about how Kaepernick hadn't played in so long, and then you go sign a guy who hadn't thrown a pass in the NFL since 2011 and Josh Johnson, and you see the horrible, horrible performance of Tom Savage. I mean, just just bad, just really, really bad. Do you want to see? I asked my poll, my uh, my folks at the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page. Would you like to see the Houston Texans sign Colin Kaepernick? And a overwhelming majority said yes, which is no surprise. Uh, to the tune of eighty-seven percent said yes, and the other thirteen percent really. The second said, "Hey, yes, he needs to be in the NFL." The, the well, let me let me give you the answers first. Uh, yes, we would like to see the Texans. They need a quarterback. That was the the majority. That was the eighty-six percent, and of course, uh, beyond that, that was yes, he needs to be in the NFL, or I'm not sure. And uh, the others were no. There uh, there are better quarterbacks on the roster. A no. He would be a distraction. So nobody said no. The majority of the responses I got said yes, they want to see him in a Texans uniform. Others said, well, hey, well, he just needs to be in the NFL. So, yes, we want to see the Texans sign him because we want to see him in the NFL. Nate Jones said yes, if the Texans miraculously wanted to sign Kaepernick, it would bring further to light the true feelings of a lot of white Texans fans. The games would be super tense and there will be mad protests and potentially riots. As a Texans disliker, I'm all for the chaos that would ensue. Trump will basically incite or instigate the madness as well and definitely throw his friend Bob McNair under the bus. It'd be a crazy situation. So Nate wanted to see the Texans sign him because hey, it would bring chaos and really sort of bring sort of the worst of, of Texans fans uh, to, out uh, into the open. And uh, they couldn't possibly conceal their hatred for Colin Kaepernick. And a lot of people a lot of people like the Texans but don't like the other people that like the Texans, which is a weird dynamic, but it is what it is and it, these things are magnified through social media and of course the actions coming out of Washington DC. So that was Nate with that. But the second question I asked, do you have recent events changed your support for the Houston Texans? And the majority said yes. And I think a lot of people I mean, understand this in the city of Houston with the team uh, actually coming after the city lost the Houston Oilers. A lot of people were so grateful to have football back in the city. It brought the Super Bowl back. It brought guys like Andre Johnson to your city and J.J. Watt and all the wonderful things that come with having an NFL franchise. But a lot of people like me have not really liked or appreciated their approach. Now, my stuff really had uh, nothing to do with race. I, I think that there was a a desire to, quote unquote, win a certain way and you have to win the Texans way and be a Texans kind of guy. I was not always I have not always been sure that that hadn't been some sort of code, some sort of, uh, you know, dog whistle, as it were. Uh, but I've never been comfortable with that because I think that if you're going to have an NFL franchise and we've had owners in this city, even though we didn't haven't had a lot of championships, uh, we've had owners in the city that did whatever it took to win and and that's all they cared about not winning a certain type of way and our kind of guy and we have to have these these boy scouts for players so if i had a, i've had a problem with that so for some people they support them anyway but 
the comments of Bob McNair saying that we shouldn't let the inmates run the prison and the trading of Dwayne Brown and the not signing Colin Kaepernick when clearly this team could use Colin Kaepernick uh, has changed their opinion. But others, they have not uh, changed their opinion. And some of them love the players and love Deshaun Watson, but don't love the organization. Jay Mitch says, I have no love for the team whose owner refers to his team in such a derogatory manner. So that's what Jay Mitch had to say about that. The third question I asked was, what is your opinion of Rick Smith, of Houston Texans general manager Rick Smith's handling of recent controversies surrounding the team? Now, just sort of give you the backstory. He, obviously, he's uh, he's an African-American general manager. And we, although we don't know the power structure and how the team is set up from a structural standpoint, uh, we do know that he's extremely close with Bob, owner Bob McNair and his son, Cal. And he was very instrumental in having the team come back after – a uh, number of the players, up to half the team, walked, wanted to walk out and did walk out after uh, the comments made by Bob McNair. He kind of pacified and patched that situation up between the owner, the owner and the players. And a lot of people, and me included in this conversation, have asked the question, uh, you know, should Rick Smith step up and say more? What should he do? Should, uh, is it his responsibility as an African-American? I say, yeah, his, his responsibility as the highest-ranking African-American in that organization to say something. And, uh, and not to necessarily throw your owner under the bus, but it needs to be addressed that, hey, that was a, that was a misstep. And, of course, he understands what the owner did. And, I mean, I don't know how what he would say and, and if he can make anybody feel better about it, but I think it's important that he said that he say something to the people. Uh, and the majority said, wait, I've not seen or read enough to, to know about the situation. So they don't really want to, or really can't, or don't want to judge Rick Smith. Others uh, say, uh, right beneath that, say that they would like to see him say or do more. Now, he hadn't said much, and we've had given him an open invitation to be on our airwaves on the local show here in Houston. But I would like to see Rick Smith say more. I would like, if you guys want to vote on that, just search for it on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page and kind of scroll down and look for those questions because I'll go back and revisit this if more you guys uh, vote on it. So I want to get into that. And finally, I asked the people today, what should be the discipline for the three players from UCLA who shoplifted in China? prompting the president to say, hey, I wonder if these guys are going to thank me. I kept them out of prison for 10 years, which nobody wants to thank him. But obviously, what do you what do you do? You have to thank him. If he frees me from jail from for whatever reason, whether it's Huntsville, Texas or China or North Korea, wherever he frees me from, I'll be I would be sure to thank him or anybody else who could get me out of jail. Even if I was, I mean, especially if I was guilty and these guys were clearly guilty from what they say. They said that there's videotape of them in three different stores stealing things. So how should UCLA discipline the three players for shoplifting? J.M. Keith says, now, Devin, you know, back in the day, if you embarrassed either the family name or the school, you were off the team. You should sit out the remainder of the year and volunteer with the county doing manual labor only. Like him or not, they better be glad that 45 spoke up for them. They could have received 10-plus years of hard labor. You know, how severe should the punishment be? I'm usually the guy that says, hey, you forgive these guys. You give them a second chance. They make mistakes. In this case, I I'm, would be a little bit more heavy-handed with the discipline. I would probably 
make them sit out for the year. I wouldn't revoke the scholarships, but you can't play. So you're done for the year. You go abroad. Now, now again, I don't understand how – I mean, kids are kids, and kids are going to continually do stupid things. That's what kids do. And when I say kids, but they're young men, 18, 19 years old. They're young men, but young men, 18, 19 years old, make dumb mistakes frequently, and this is exactly what happened in this situation. But you have to know that you not only embarrass the university and your coach – you embarrassed the entire country, and you furthered some very negative stereotypes that African Americans around the world and the Africans around the world have to deal with, but African Americans here in this country and abroad have to deal with. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And the damage that was done, because again, you have to understand that this was used as a, a, a tool for propaganda in China. And now it's going to be used as a tool of propaganda in this country by the president, which, again, he should have you know, more pressing things to deal with than wanting to get this big thank you from UCLA players. But I'll say this again. You know, you have to know better. You don't steal around the corner, let alone in China. First of all, you're black. Nobody in the country looks like you. Second of all, you're about eight feet tall. So you stand out and then you have your hair cut and you probably your whatever else you had that was flashy on. How in the world did you think you were going to get away with it? And why would you do it? If you are Leangelo Ball, your brother has this massive contract. You have a reality show on television. And, and I know this probably has little to do with money. And I don't know which of the three stole or if all three did or if one did. But they certainly were all involved to some degree. I just think that you've done so much damage, we need to make an example out of you because you were too damn stupid to know better. We're gonna It's going to cost you a year. Now, you can go to school here. We want you to go to school. Don't drop out. Don't leave. No, we want you to stay. We want you to be at practice, but you can't play. Not for the year. And let's see what happens here. Now, I know that uh, UCLA has to think about the fact that they have another ball brother coming down the pipeline in a couple of years, and they certainly want to get him, so you don't want to upset daddy ball. But I don't give a damn. You embarrass the school, and you know I don't know what he's going to do. The father, but he needs to he needs to publicly say, hey, you know, whatever you need to say as a father, but you need to to not sweep this one under the rug. It's an embarrassing thing for you and your baller brand. You look stupid as a parent because you're out here ranting and raving while one kid is in China stealing something. So you know, again, normally I'm not for harsh punishments. But in this case, in this situation, I think that's exactly what's called for. So with that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, I want to thank you guys for all the feedback. And, of course, I want to apologize for not being coming to you a little bit more frequently. Uh, we're working on that. We're working on a number of things, especially uh, for 2018. We have a lot of big things, including some remotes. Uh, some more involvement with writers and media types from around the country. We have a lot coming up, and we want you to be involved. So please comment, subscribe, tell a friend. Take the time. Listen in your car. Listen while you're in the shower. Find the time to listen to the podcast, and we certainly want to make it uh, really enjoyable for you guys. So, again, thank you so much from coast to coast, from, from Maine to Washington State, from Florida to Oregon. We want to thank you guys. Uh, for all the support, and again, on iTunes, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. And as always, have a great day.